the volume. This Sessions is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. There's no better place to make every moment more than with FanDuel. They're America's number one sportsbook for a reason, y'all. It's so easy to use. It's safe and secure. That's one of the main things for me. I don't want any BS. I love that there's no BS with FanDuel. Plus, you get your winnings fast. Now winnings are delivered in as quick as two hours. Plus, it's super fun to combine multiple bets from the same game into a same game parlay. It's awesome. So if you are new, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app to get started now. Sign up with the promo code Renee, that's R-E-N-E-E, so that they know that I sent you. Disclaimer, 21 plus and present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Iowa, Illinois, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, Wyoming, or West Virginia. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona 18887897777 or visit ccpg.org/chat for Connecticut 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com/rg for Colorado, Iowa, Indiana, Illinois, New Jersey, Pennsylvania and Virginia 1-877-770-STOP for Louisiana 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY for New York Tennessee Redline 1-800-889-9789 1-800-522-4700 Wyoming. Visit www.1800gambler.net for West Virginia. Hey guys, welcome to the best of the sessions. What we have done is we've combined the best of Tuesday's episode and Thursday's episode, mashed them together to give you a beautiful little audio gift for your ear holes. We have some awesome, awesome guests on the show. Cannot thank people enough for taking the time to, to come hang out with me. Give me a little bit of their time. We give you a little bit of that. We all get to hang out and enjoy it, learn a little bit about each other. Um, so it's really cool to mash these all together and you guys can get those little abbreviated highlights of both of the interviews throughout the week. Also, of course, if you want to listen to the full lengths, you can do that. They all exist. Uh, just make sure to check out all things from the Volume Podcast Network. Like, subscribe, turn on those notifications, all that good stuff. But let's get into it. Here's the best of the sessions. <laughs> Did you guys hear that? Did you guys hear that Emilio said that he's never dated a blonde and I said that we're overrated? First of all, it's not true. I was just trying to make him feel better that he's not dated a blonde. He's never experienced all of this. Um, Because let me say, we know how to fucking party. I'm a good time. Um, Why don't you like blondes? I've never dabbled. I've just always been a brunette. Maybe it's time that you branch out because are you currently in a relationship? No. Then it's not fucking working, is it? No. So maybe date a blonde. Are they real blondes or the fake blondes? Like, what type of blonde am I going for? No one's a real blonde. The only real blonde that I can hold my hand to his Lord and Savior is Summer Rae, who's actually currently a redhead, but she has blonde hair like Nora. Blonde, 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 blonde hair. My hair was really blonde when I was little like Nora, but I have to color my hair now to make it like really blonde. Otherwise, it's like dirty blonde. But I think you're a closet brunette because you dye hair blonde. No, I'm not a closet brunette. I have like dark. I've, my hair would be like the color of John's hair, kind of, I think, if it was natural. See, but John has reddish brown, kind of, right? Yeah, maybe he has more red in his hair. I don't That's have any saying. red in my hair. But I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I would never fall into the category of brunette. I, no, if my hair, if I didn't color my hair, it would be like mousy nothingness it would be just like bland not great mousy is the term that i'll use like um it'd be like taupe i'd have taupe colored hair and you want me to go out and date a woman with taupe colored hair 
First of all, she's going to have a highlight, maybe throw a little sun in in there. You can get a great blonde. Also, like, why are we frowning upon coloring our hair? Who cares? Oh, no, I want to color mine. Well, then. I'm just saying, I've just, it never crossed my mind to be like, oh, she's blonde. I'm going to go say hi to her. It was never one of those things. I was never a discriminatory guy. It feels that way. No, I I love all women equally. I'm just saying, maybe now. Listen, I showed you several ex-girlfriends. Yeah, and they all look the same. They're just clones. They would all be described the exact same way. Staten Island housewife. You know what? But I mean, I guess it's nice to have your category. I've never had like a type type. It's funny. I was talking about this the other night. We had friends over and we were talking about like what our types were like in high school where I was like, I guess I like always kind of gravitated towards the jock. But like... I like the jock that also like could play the guitar or like was funny. Like it wasn't just like being like the jock. I think those were, I just think everyone was, is everyone a jock in high school? No. Okay. Well, my circle of friends had lots of jocks. Maybe in Canada it was different. Well, in Canada, everybody plays hockey. That's just kind of a no brainer, except for my brother. He did not. He did for a second. He's not very good. He stayed inside and played with his computer. Yes, he did. I still got beef with him for talking about shit about our audio. I'm not letting it go. We should have him on the pod. We should have him on. Should we fight each other? Let's put it on Fight TV. Let's stream it. I would <laughs> we watch that. Would join the Pillow Fighting Network? I, oh my God. Between the Pillow Fighting Network and also, did you see, shit, I'm going to drop the name of it now. They're going to be mad at me because I'm supposed to be working and doing some stuff with them. Ice Wars. Have you seen Ice Wars? No, what is Ice Wars? Dude, it, it, they do King of the Rank. So it's hockey fighters on the ice, like with a rank. And they fight. Shut up. It's fucking awesome. Yeah, I think I'm going to do some stuff with them. Are you going to fight? No. No, no, no. I'm just going to like, I'm going to be the court gesture. I'm just going to go check it out and like see and talk about it and like. But I genuinely can believe you could throw the fuck down. Oh, I I could kick the shit out of somebody, dude. (laughs) I could kick the shit out of somebody. Like, you want to walk up on these thighs? I will fucking donkey kick you so hard. Oh my, I got a good kick. I've been hearing about these thighs and calves all weekend, guys. I just know my strengths. And my strengths are, I'm a lower body athlete. I got that booty. I got the legs. I got, I can throw a mean kick. But I'm also a little feisty. Like, I, I could, I could like sand in the eyes. Like, who knows what's going to happen. It's the taupe colored hair. The taupe just lets me be vicious. I do feel like I could really throw down on a fight. I sometimes get like very um, overconfident that I'm like, I think I could do that. I could have this fight. I, I could beat up this person. I think about that a lot. Yeah, I do the same thing in my head too. I'm like, oh, I could totally kick the shit out of this yeah, person. Yeah, I could, I could kick the shit out of you. This isn't supposed to be a podcast where we just shoot the shit, even though that truly feels like a lot of fun right now. Um, we just finished watching Double or Nothing. This is This is why we're delirious and nuts right now because that pay-per-view lasted roughly... 36 hours. That was a very long pay-per-view. But all their pay-per-views. There's been lots of long pay-per-views. WWE's had lots of long pay-per-views. I do feel like they've nipped those in the bud. And they have been a little bit more succinct. But um, yeah, that was a long pay-per-view. Um, great pay-per-view. Also, can we talk about the fact that like the crowd was really on their feet the whole time? After having to have AEW for them to have Dynamite here, they had Rampage here, all separate days, and then getting into the pay-per-view. Like, that's actually very impressive that the crowd has been so into it like that. Kudos to the crowd. You guys did it. You did the damn thing. And now, CM Punk is the new AEW champion. Uh, They closed out the show, of course, as they would. Championship uh, matchup. Hangman Page, no longer holding on to that title. What do you think about seeing this changing of the guard now having CM Punk at the helm at the tippy-tippy top of this company? 
listen, I think for goodwill and for PR, I think you have to put him on the marquees. And it works because he is he is a name and he's very, very popular. Do I think he still probably could have wrestled most of that roster without a world championship? And everybody still would have been so in, in, engulfed in who he is and what he's done? Yeah. I mean, yeah, he's quintessential, doesn't need a title guy. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that Hangman Page as world heavyweight champion still had some more, some more fight in the dog. CM Punk is CM Punk and he's great. And like you said, his fan base loves the guy. He's he's good for business, as they say. That is what that dude is. But I, yeah, I mean, I don't. what's the status of Kenny Omega? Do we know? Kenny Omega, from what I heard and from what I read... What'd you read on the internet? I went on the interwebs. And from what I heard is Mr. Omega is still having some, some injuries. There's a, there was a really cool YouTube video. Some chiropractor, I guess he goes to people's houses, mostly wrestlers and celebrities now, and he works on them. And Kenny really was talking about a myriad of other injuries that he has. And his body, he said that he was so banged up that he has to have several, like like a surgery to correct. One thing's leading to another, to another, to another. Yeah, I get that. Some of these guys have been doing this for a very long time. Like these are built upon injuries. And one, like I said, one leads to the other, leads to the other, leads to the other. That, yeah, I mean, when you're when you're out and you're working on something, you might as well, let's, let's go to the body shop and get the works done, you know? Slap a little paint on this, babe. Because that's what I always thought. I thought that Hangman Page was a champion long enough so that way a healthy Omega comes back, they really end the story. Because the story is still being told between Omega and Hangman Page. Hangman Page came into his own after he split with Kenny Omega, and they had that really good program leading up to Omega Page 1. So I thought we were going to get the return match, and that would have been the one that decides who becomes the next AEW world champ. And I like the fact that we don't have multiple reigns within this company, even though they're still early on, but I, but I think the first person to do that, since he is all about firsts, should be Kenny Omega, and it should have been against Hangman Page. Wait, have there not been any repeats? With the TNT Championship, yes, but not with the world title. Oh, interesting. I'm a Hangman Page fan, by the way. I would like to put that out there. I'd also like to say, regarding merchandise, he's got the best shirt going right now. I'm a big fan. Big fan. Should we get some merch? Should we buy some? I say we fire up the old Pro Wrestling T site. And we just get some shirts. I would love nothing more, actually. Let's do that. Okay, let's get into the real fucking goss here. MJF. Work, work. Eh, work, 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 work. So I'm happy that this match happened with Wardlow because it needed to happen. I don't know what the deal is with MJF. I don't know what's going on with him and Tony. I don't know what's going on with him in AAW. I don't know what's going on with him in WWE. I have not a clue. I know what y'all know. Reading shit on the internet, trying to keep my finger on the pulse. Oh my God, what's happening over here? But I'm glad that he showed up. I'm glad that that piece of business happened because it was a long time coming. They needed to get out there to do that. What is your reaction to the kind of heat that something like this is going to generate? Well, you want to think about, is it good heat or bad heat, right? And and I always like to say that he really understands and likes to keep alive kayfabe. I automatically think because of what was going on with Naomi and Sasha, maybe they think, hey, listen, let's let's throw a little kink in the hose. Let's just jump on the no one really knows what the hell is going on. And let's let's paint within this world of a work shoot, brother, where he might actually 
feel that he's undervalued and whatever with the case he's made mention in many promos about he wants more money that he does not get the the respect that he deserves and everything that he's done he's cut a promo with Wardlow and said hey in 2024 I might be with the other guys he did that on TNT it was a fucking ballsy promo Tony allows him to paint within that within that universe and I think it's very very smart to do so it's I'm thinking he doesn't show up for a thing that's kind of on brand with the performance out of Maxwell Jacob Friedman. So I don't look at it as oh he's not showing up he's taking his ball and going home. And then you get on the dirt sheets and the experts are expert. I, yeah, your tweet experts be experting right now. And I'm just sitting here and I'm laughing because people are really going into this well then who can Wardlow face? Renee, somebody mentioned fucking Goldberg. Everyone needs to just like pump the brakes. Everyone needs to calm the, calm the, calm the, calm the, calm the hell down. But in terms of him coming out, I think tonight, I think that we were there. The reaction was deafening. He was he got the heat that he needed, and Wardlow looked like a million dollars because the pop was great, right? I love the juxtaposition of the good and the bad, whatever the heat may be, whether it's go-home heat, whether it's ugly heat, whether it's fucking perfectly done heel heat. It did what it needed to do, and he came out with that Ric Flair robe with the Burberry print saying, I'm better than you, and then Wardlow proceeded to beat the ever-loving snot out of him for seven minutes, and it did the job. A lot of power bombs. Wowzers. A lot of power bombs. The story has been so unique and so diverse, and they didn't have the opportunity to touch each other for months, right? And you're going on a year now where Wardler was his heavy, and then he started to slap him around when Max was losing, and then the kid finally has enough. It was kind of like the build between Shawn Michaels and Sid when Shawn Michaels and Sid faced off for the World Championship in Survivor Series when Sid won. It's the same exact context, but the story is just a little bit different now. I'm glad that the match happened. Again, are we in a work or what's happening? I don't know. Uh, I'm just glad that it happened. I'm glad that Wardlow looked like a million bucks, and now we get to all continue to uh, expert be expert in. Okay, Jade Cargill and Anna Jay, TBS Championship. First of all, we get to see Athena here in AEW. I, I'm really happy to see her as a part of this roster, as somebody like seeing her journey and the injuries that she's had, the ups and downs that she had had working with WWE to now getting this moment where she's, she's solid, man. Like she's really, really solid. She knows what she wants to do. She knows her character so well. Um, I think her stepping into this world, as you continue now to see the women's roster bulk up a little bit more, and we are seeing some really bona fide stars. And I, th I think that there's just going to be a lot of interest as these women all continue to work together and work out whatever the dynamic is going to be amongst them all and, and all of those things. Um, but sticking with like the, the women's roster, um, Britt Baker uh, won the Owen Hart uh, tournament for on the women's side of things. Adam Cole winning for the men's. We'll get into that. But um, yeah, I think just seeing Britt get that victory I, I would I I would have wanted to see it on Ruby. I thought that it was a good spot for Ruby to get that win. Love me some Brit. Don't get me wrong. No, I, I feel you. But Brit was always my choice because again, I'm all for if your pillars are going to do the firsts, then they're the ones that need to do the firsts for everything. Right? I don't think that's true. I think it does hold some weight because she is probably the top heel, maybe second to Max overall. 
but I think in the women's division she is. But again, I look at her as a heel. I know there's some people I had a conversation with, they look at her as a tweener. One minute she's a baby face and one minute she's a heel. Like she does the DMD thing and the chants go with her. Um, I think she's probably a perfect representation for your women's division right now. So can Ruby. They iced Rube for a hot minute when she got fed to Brit and she lost where she was literally probably the only viable threat to Brit at that time. And now what do you do with her? Now what do you do with her? That, now that women winning the Owen Hart Memorial title or whatever, the cup or whatever it's called, would have been a perfect relaunch for her. Especially when, when you have Rancid come out and performing. By the way, oh my God, how cool was that? Also, like when you see the band come out to play, you assume she's going over. <laughs> I would agree that they should have they should have had Ruby go over, but again, it's literally Britt Baker's women's division, and she she runs the table. And again, I'm I'm all for that, and I think it's a good optic that her and her baby now wear matching championships. Yeah, I mean, listen, was that shot they got of them both at the top of the ramp? Yeah, great, thing of beauty, thing of beauty. I, I'm a fan of the babies. I just think that it would have been nice to see somebody. Get some new blood. Yeah. And listen, if I haven't like, you know, my finger's not fully on the pulse with like every little nuance of things that are going on. But I think when Tony Storm didn't go over Brit going on like on their way to the tournament and then having um, to have Ruby also lose, like it would be nice to see one of those women, I think, in that spot. Because like I'm saying, Brit is fucking great. There's no denying that. I mean, like, I think she's fantastic. She is head and shoulders. The, at the top of that division. But to spread some of that love around, like I said, as they're bulking up the division, these women are stars. Tony Storm is a star. Ruby Riot. Whoop. <laughs> 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 <Whoop>. Ruby Soho. <laughs> Do you like how I said that in the fear of God? Like I was just going to be punished for saying it like that? Yeah, it's your podcast. It's my podcast. Um, no, for Ruby Soho. Um star she's amazing um i think her statlander's on her way up as well they had a great match on rampage they did um so yeah i mean here's the good news i mean it's all good but the women's division is looking very very it's good it's getting better yeah it it really is it was scary at first and then it was scary probably going into a year and they really needed to figure out what the identity of the women's division was and, yeah. and you know She's got some legs now. She's got some nice legs. Yeah, she does. And I good kicking legs. Good kicking legs, like what you're doing right now with your strong gams. <sighs> um, look at those calves. But no, I think you're right. I think in in that way, you need people like Tony Storm and Ruby Soho and Athena. You need good dance partners for Brit and Jade, right? But you also got to make them win something so that way you just don't come in and assume that they're going to lose because that's if that's the major that's the thing that really annoys some of some of the Twitter that I see where they they want more they want more sp- Also, can yeah. we throw Thunder Rosa's name into that? I mean, Thunder and 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 Serena Deebs. Love me some Serena she, Deeb. Um, they crushed it tonight. It was a wrestling match. Should we get into this complete and utter beautiful shitstorm that was anarchy in the arena? It was a lot of fun. I mean, this is me saying this after like my husband is like, I don't even know where he is right now or what's going on with him uh, at this exact moment of this recording. But um, Doozy 
holy shit, a lot of things happen. A lot of moving parts are all over the arena. All these, like, oh my good lord. The white gear might have been an inclination <laughs> that people were going to be. Yeah. I will say, the Jericho Appreciation Society, they really, they up and did it with their gear. I prefer the JAS over the inner circle. Yes, I'm with you. I agree 100%. Can we talk about Brian in his gear? I was like, who, <laughs> what's <laughs> happening? <laughs> but like in the best way to see him come like walking down, which like if, it was like very reminiscent of like the old shield entrance of they're all coming down through the different aisles in the crowd. And to see Brian come out like not in his wrestling gear was like, hold on. His hair is all disheveled. He stuck out like a sore thumb. Yes, because we're so used to Brian just being like purist wrestling. So to see him just like we're doing this like that. Let's get into the nitty gritty. This is going to get ugly and messy. I loved it. I blame your husband for that one. Totally. Uh, yeah, like seeing like John and Eddie before. Like Eddie coming out with a gas can, by the way, which. So what he's like trying to light Jericho on fire and Brian gets in the way of that. Those two have a little tussle. So I, I like where that could be headed. I mean, they've been tussling for a minute now, but to see Brian like slap him. Tonight, I was like, oh, this is authoritative. Eddie doesn't like authority. Eddie's going to tell you to fuck off, bro. I thought that match was a lot of fun. So you and I, we so we were at the arena for a bit, and then we had to come back here because uh, my sweet baby needed to go to sleep. And uh, we turned it on, and we're trying to catch up to see what's going on, but they kept Wild Thing playing for quite some time. So you thought it, this was like, yes, felt like the, new, the Jack. new Jack thing. though. They didn't play it through the duration of the match, which makes sense because it was like a 20-some-odd-minute match. Did you like the music playing? That song is distracting. If it was if it was Natural Born Killers, like New Jack song, I'm cool with that because like it's I love to sing that song and I, it, you just know that violence will accompany it because it's a New Jack ECW thing. But I, I think for this, there's so many moving parts with it. I didn't need the crowd always chanting, Wild Thing, You Make My Heart Sing. Because it throws off what you're seeing. I like the double ladder spot by Santana and Ortiz, and you get to see them jump off and hit the tables. I think they, that's cool. Um, the spot, when, like, when me and you winced at the same time, was when the fire extinguisher went in John's face. Oh my God, I was like, is that melting his skin? What's and you saw it, it was like here? smoking off his head. I know. I was like, wait, can we like, is that okay? Eddie fighting through concessions. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Covering dudes in mustard. And at this point, they're all just bloody. And the <laughs> blood really happened within maybe five minutes of this match. Like, Yeah, I mean, it was a knockdown drag out. They're, they, you know, they literally just like started. I don't even know if a bell rang. I don't know what happened. It just was like a schmoz. It was a lot of fun, though. I mean, all things considered. Me just looking at it from a fan perspective, I, I actually thoroughly enjoyed that match and Jericho uh, went over. I was shocked that they did it because I thought it was literally going to lead into, you know, uh, the BCC, as you like to eloquently name them. Stop it. Um, I thought that they were going to reign supreme, but it turns out there might be some internal fighting. But is Eddie a member of BCC or is he just, he was there because he had beef with Jericho as well and he's homies with baby daddy yeah like i don't think i don't think eddie is part of uh, blackpool combat club so him and brian can mix it up and john can stay out of it but even though john interfered in that he was he was trying to broker the peace 
John likes to kick back sometimes. I'd be like, you know what? You guys can sort it out amongst yourselves. And I'm just going to sit here and I'm going to watch it. I feel like him and Regal could just post up somewhere and go, mm, they got it. I would like to see that now. I would like to see that as well. I want to see Eddie and, and Brian wrestle. Overall, though, I feel like it was like a really great pay-per-view. Is there anything else that you want to talk about? I think that this is what we end on. The Probably the most important match of the night. Hookhausen. There's <laughs> Tony Nese and smart Mark Sterling. Oh, I listen. I'm a huge Danhausen fan. I, I think I'm a huge Hook fan. I'm like a Hook fan from a distance. I like I like observing, and I'm like I think I like this guy. This like this kid. This this cute little like I don't even know what to call him. Uh, just he's fucking good, man. He's enjoyable. And I don't even just mean as like a character. Like the way he works is a lot of fun to watch. Like those, he's just, he's very sharp. But I think that comes from his dad too, because Taz had an amateur wrestling background. He can't be Taz's kid and have a shitty suplex. I think Dan Housen is... What a gift to wrestling that man is, huh? Football fans, check out the Three and Out podcast with John Middlecoff, only on the Volume Podcast Network. John brings his unique perspective as an ex-NFL scout to the Volume to break down all the news around the NFL and college football. Whether you're looking for game predictions, coaching searches, the ins and outs of the NFL front office, even an occasional golf tip, John has you covered. Download 3 and Out with John Middlecoff, only on the Volume Podcast Network. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited that this is happening. AJ Lee, it's been a minute since you and I have done an interview. It has been. I think legally I can't use the name Lee. <laughs> so it's funny. I, when I put the notes together, I was like, AJ Lee, AJ Brooks. AJ Mendez. AJ Mendez. <laughs> Do you hyphen it? Is that a real I life don't, question? I was going to and I'm just very lazy. It's yeah. AJ Mendez. <laughs> no, it's a lot of work it's doing that. Work. It is so much work. I did it, but it was like jumping through hoops yeah. to do it. Yeah. It is very confusing. Like I just did to you where people are like Renee Young, Renee Paquette, Renee Good, Renee Moxley. It's all over the place. Renee like Ambrose. Renee like, Renee. oh my God. You just go by the one name, Renee. And I just Renee. I wish that sure. that's all it was. I've been trying to do that for some time and it's all right. Paquette works. <laughs> um, how are you doing? This is so cool. I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. I was, it was yes. so nice to like catch up with you yesterday. Yes. And, but like today also, it just, it feels like Seven years has passed, but also no time has passed at all. It's really crazy how that can happen too. And you see someone that like you get to spend like a bunch of time together on the road and then you like reconnect and it's like, yeah, it's really like no time has passed. Also, you have not aged a day. So oh congratulations. <laughs> congratulations to you on that. I appreciate that. Thank you. Yes. I'm very oily. <laughs> Which is great. That's better than being like brittle and dry. Keep it coming. Keep it coming. Okay, so we are out here in Las Vegas. Uh, Double or nothing is happening. You're out here, of course, with your husband. Mm -hmm. um, but you have also now dabbled back into the world of professional wrestling with yeah. women of wrestling with WOW. How is that going? How did that come about? So it came about because the last two or three years, I've been working on getting into uh, film and television writing, which is my initial focus in school. I went to NYU Film School for writing and production and couldn't afford school and got kicked out and uh, ended up going to my passion, my love, which was wrestling. Yeah. Then when I retired from that, I took sort of like the circuitous route to get back into it and started a production company. And through that process of being 
a producer and a writer and a wrestler, it seemed like the perfect fit when WoW was looking for that person and a woman who knew wrestling and also knew how to, you know, write and produce. Mm. So I talked to Jeannie Buss, who's like the owner of the Lakers. Yeah. Uh, I don't know anything about sports. I got a lot of questions about that because I feel like <laughs> I, I I also like, I mean, I know about sports, but like that relationship with Jeannie Buss. Uh, anyways, carry on. I'll do a follow-up. <laughs> well, my team told me that Jeannie Buss wants to talk to you and they were very, very excited about this. The Lakers were going to sign you. Yeah, and that's what I thought. I was like, I'm kind, I'm 5'2", but you know. Muggsy Bogues coming in hot, there everybody. You go. And my dog was named Muggsy growing up. Oh my God. Yes, yes because of Muggsy Bogues. Oh, yes. see guys, we do know sports. There he is. Sports. <laughs> that's what I do when I go to like any game with my husband. I'm just like, is everyone having fun? <laughs> I want everybody to enjoy themselves. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. So they had to very much explain what was happening. Uh, I was confused. And then she explained that she was the owner of WOW and the executive producer. And she was very open-hearted and open-minded to be like, share this title with me and bring your expertise in both areas. It felt like the most perfect fit of what I do now versus like where I've been. I don't yeah. I haven't forgotten where I came from. I'm just not bumping. <laughs> so it was a really Amen. nice way to combine those two loves and just like see what the next generation is doing and just to see this whole group of women who are brand new and they're like yeah. big shiny hopeful eyes and I'm like I will protect you and <laughs> keep you in a bubble never lose this does um, it very much feel like that too of like being in that executive producer role having spent the time in professional wrestling that you did having the time away from it and now being back in it to like make it a better great space for people to be in yeah i think my goal was very much to a lot of the most of what I remember from wrestling is the great stuff. Yeah. The fun stuff, the wonderful memories with the girls that were just like my buddies and the cool stories. Like yeah. the stuff that like felt feminine and like more emotional story arcs I was really lucky to do. So that and like a wholesome take for Saturday morning television, family friendly television is what we're aiming for. Mm -hmm. So I really wanted to see what that could be in this day and age, modern wrestling. Mm -hmm. But also, I think it's really exciting to, you know, we're not trying to be competition. We're just trying to say, look at all these different wonderful women that are out there. There's just room for everybody to shine. Yeah. What do you guys look for for the women of Women of Wrestling? I think the biggest thing, sort of the um, MO, is just that everybody gets along and it's a safe, comfortable, inclusive environment. Yeah. So our entire cast is so um, diverse. Mm -hmm. We have all different cultures, all different shapes and sizes. Uh, all different experience levels coming mm -hmm. in. Some people of wrestling have been wrestling for 10 years. Some have been wrestling for 10 weeks. <laughs> yeah. And it's just really fascinating to see like it's every kind of woman on TV being a different kind of role model. And the goal is to show that superheroes come in so many different packages and, and a woman can be a superhero in so many different ways. 100%. I mean, you were such a, a pioneer of the women's evolution and to see how far women's wrestling has come from the time of that shakeup starting to happen of the Give Divas a Chance, then you're not a part of wrestling. And now to see what all has happened for women in wrestling, how much of it have you been watching that you've been able to see to kind of like see how much wrestling has really changed, especially for the women? So I'm just getting back into it. And I always feel really guilty saying that because I don't want to like alienate anyone. I don't have think them. you need to feel guilty about that. <laughs> I hope that my fans know that like I love them and I was not abandoning them by not watching wrestling. <laughs> but to me, it always felt like 
when a chapter closes, like college or, you know, high school or when it, you love those memories, but you go to the next chapter. Yeah. You know, from high school, you go to college. From college, you go to work. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, it was almost like difficult to even imagine watching because it would A, feel like work. Sure. Um, sure. And I was like, let me take a vacation for a year. Yeah. Um, but also because it just felt like that chapter was closed. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I really was completely out of the loop. And now getting back into it, I am like that dope that's been in a coma <laughs> for like You're six like years. Powers. I really yeah, am. Baby. There's like these people who are so popular and I'm like, who? Explain to me, like, give me a quick history. And so I'm learning and it's been really inspiring to see like how far it's come. But luckily I have had like one of my, one of my great wrestling friends is Bailey. And she's always kind of kept me in the me loop. Some Pam. God, Pam is like the greatest. Just as a she's human. a magical person. She really is. She's my unicorn. Love her. Um, so she, I've always checked in with her. So I've yeah. kind of known stuff just through her over yeah. the years. Mostly just because I want her to be like the top woman of all time. <laughs> and I mean, she, when she returns, whenever that eventually happens, I mean, there's no way for her not to be. For when she was able to do, especially during like pandemic wrestling mm-hmm. and her love of wrestling, I think is just so infectious. And I can't say enough good things about that old Pam. She's the best. Yes. <laughs> but it's also just cool. Even like, even I don't know what's like happening with the stories or like a lot of people's names. Like I can see stuff on like on Twitter and yeah. Instagram sometimes. And everyone looks cool as fuck. Can I curse on here? <laughs> yeah. Oh my okay. God. Let it fly. <laughs> let that shit fly. And because I don't know them, it reminds me of like the way I felt as a kid watching wrestling. Yeah. Where I was like, oh wow. Like I, I could be fans of all of these girls now. And like every program, every chick I see, I'm like, holy shit. Like that's a superhero. That would have been a superhero. When you come out of this bubble and you're like, wait, okay, so what is happening in wrestling? Like, what does it look like to you? Who are some of the names that really stand out to you? Not to like totally put you on the spot, but like (laughs) if there are a few names that you're like, oh, this person's doing something cool. And this person and this person. Yeah. Well, I've been watching some AEW for reasons. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> and I've got to say, like, as I love so many people on the roster. I think the best wrestler they have is Serena Deeb. Oh my God. I'm obsessed Shout with her. Shout out to Serena. Serena and I are like, go way back. I was in FCW and I have, was the first indie wrestler, they, female indie wrestler they had signed in like a decade or something. And it was this huge deal. And I only had two years of experience. So it was kind of just like this label. When she came in, it was like I was drowning and this wonderful person came in to save me. Yeah. Um, and she was like an indie wrestler that had a lot of experience, like a real fucking indie wrestler. Mm-hmm. And she was so good that she taught me so much in this very short period of time and then got injured. And then I had to step up and be locker room leader. All I did was just mimic what she taught me. <laughs> and it made me a better wrestler. And yeah. it, I honestly like credit her teaching me and then like passing that torch to me for like me becoming a good wrestler and everything else that happened afterwards, yeah. like success wise. So she's just like the beginning of a chapter for me. And I just like to see her shine now is she's amazing. She's arriving and she looks amazing. She does, but she's so fucking good. She's great. Uh, I love Brit. Yeah. That's my girl. <laughs> oh my God. I love a promo. You know, I love a I promo. Mean, right? Oh when gosh. you're watching her do her thing and she's cutting these amazing promos. Yeah. That's got to make you feel a certain way. Oh my God. It's just so good. Like there's like a confidence. There's something that you can, you can't teach people. It's just like, if you love yourself and you know who you are, yes, you speak a different way. 100%. Oh, and I could just like see that in her. So I'm always just like, that's my baby. Um, I think I'm going to like meet her this weekend. I'm so excited. I'm just like run at her. It's going to be great. <laughs> It, does it feel weird for you being around an event like this this weekend where like 
not that it's like a WrestleMania weekend, but like when there's fans everywhere and you're like really kind of in that wrestling bubble. Are you feeling that right now? I'm like hiding everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I was going to say you're generally kind of like in hiding. I feel like you like, you're so busy doing your own thing and you have so much success with doing that. That now like, yeah, I mean, with, with punk being back in wrestling and now you doing uh, the executive producer role with women of wrestling and stepping into commentary for that, which is a whole other conversation that we'll get into. What was the time like for you being away from wrestling? Was there ever like a weird like identity issue of stepping away from that? I think every wrestler I've ever talked to that retired has that moment. Yeah. There's two sides to it. A, I think like you have to grieve the death of this life and this character, right? Yeah. Because there's so much for me, one of the things that like has always maintained my mental health is keeping a separation between AJ Mendez and AJ Lee, this yeah. character, and knowing that like I'm playing a character on a TV show and that's why I can be bold and brash and a dick because like I know it's like fake. But in wrestling, you the lines do blur, right? So a lot of people take a lot of stuff personally. I think I saved my own life by not being that way and being able to be like, okay, that character is retired and Mendez is still here and whole. And I've seen a lot of people kind of lose their way because they don't know that separation. Mm-hmm. So they're like, well, who am I without this? Yeah. But because I loved it so much, there is a grieving process where right after wrestling, I went right into writing the book. And so I was so busy and the book came out and we did the tour and it did really well. And then the tour was done. And then I was just home. You know, I am a mental health advocate. I talk about it often that I live with bipolar disorder and it hit me really hard. I went into this really long depression Mm -hmm. because that lull in busyness coincided with my family getting trapped in this hurricane in Puerto Rico and me not knowing if they were alive and had like this team go in this to get like proof of life. Oh my God. And like get like watered them so they could survive. It was a very like traumatic couple of weeks. And it just was the same time where like, I didn't know what was happening in life. And so I went through this really, really long, like four month depression that was very, very dark. And work is what got me out of that, as, mm-hmm. it, as it always has. My safe place has always been creating these, like, fantastical worlds. And, like, we were talking about yesterday. Yeah, yeah. When I was, like, this, like, homeless kid and, like, living in, like, motels, I would draw comic books in a notebook. And, like, that was the only thing that would save my life. Just something to focus on so I could be anywhere but here. And so that's what I started to do. I was like, okay, well, what's the next writing thing I want to do? That saves my brain. And that's how I got into getting back into film and television writing and comic book writing. It, it is really crazy, like trying to really navigate that. Like, what am I doing next? How do I figure out what the next step is? And like that balance of like wanting to like hustle and do things, but also like what feels right to really yeah. pull the trigger on. It can be a very, uh, very, very confusing time. And you have to take that time to grieve. You right? do. Like, don't you, rush you do. Stay there and like feel those feelings. I know it's funny. I mean, I mean, I definitely went through that um, with my time of like leaving WWE, and it's like you leave part of like that, that part of your life is mm-hmm. just over. You you don't see those friends all the time, and as much as you can stay in contact, it's just it's just not the same thing. And it can definitely be a, a bit of a tough balance to try to figure those things out. Yeah. Um, what was it like for, for you and Punk? I mean, for you guys to both be away from wrestling, but then the conversations to start to happen, like, okay, he's going to get back into wrestling. Like when you guys started talking about that, what was that like? Okay. So like, I'm an extremely <laughs> private person and he is the opposite. Like he, he'll like see a stranger on the street and be like, this is like me and John where like, <laughs> I tell everyone everything and he's like closed book. So I get it. I'll help you navigate it oh or not, gosh. whatever you need. 
it's interesting. He'll be like, here's my test results from my doctor's appointment to like anyone <laughs> who will listen. Um, and I'm just like, you know, so such a like closed up person. But um, so I don't know if he shared this, but the conversation was a conversation, and I think a way longer than people knew with many things happening in the universe. There was many options. And it was a very long time of like, what's the right route here? What's the safest route? What's, what does that look like? It, it was something I was kind of scared of just like seeing what would, I don't know, like emotionally happen. Yeah. But um, that was more or less for, for, for his stuff. I, to me, I retired and I, I retired. So, Even though everyone wants that mixed tag, but. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I know. I, I always say never say never, but don't hold your breath. Yeah. And then everyone always just like they holds on to the never say thing. never. <laughs> so you're telling me there's a chance. Yeah. Don't hold your breath. You're going to die. Um, but I just wanted him to be like emotionally safe and protected. Yeah. And that's been like the coolest thing about um, his experience here is that it, it feels like he's always in a safe place and has a good group of people around him yeah. at AEW. And so that makes me very happy. And then there was a lot of like, well, let's go. And then uh, yeah. to me, that didn't spark anything in me. But the combination of wrestling and writing, um, wrestling and producing, that was like the more comfortable and more exciting because it was just a challenge. It's something I had Seems done. like a great fit. I love it. Like it checks all the boxes. It so really I mean, how could you not, right? Yeah. It's funny. I mean, you're just saying that about like punk getting back into wrestling. Cause I remember you and I have been talking when he was coming to do the Fox show and you're yes. like, can we just make sure everything's okay here? And like, oh my God, thank God for you. <laughs> I genuinely, you know how, like, I was like, just look out for Is him. Okay? I was just so happy that there was yeah. one kind person I knew that would like have his back. And I was just like, please tell me, make sure everything's fine. <laughs> So I very much appreciated that. Of course. Listen, I mean, that was such a great experience for me. And it was such a great way to be able to, to reconnect and do a show. And obviously people were so excited to see him back in a wrestling space in any capacity. I'm, I'm sure they're a lot happier to see him doing what he's doing oh now. My God. They still- want to see him put on his boots. But yes, I mean, it, it really was great. But that was, you know, we had an open line of communication with that. of Just like, let's just make sure everyone's okay. And yeah, it can be such an emotional thing and there's so much more involved in it rather than just, it's not just going into a job and accepting a job. There's just so much more kind of at stake with it, especially on like the emotional side when you've been so invested in doing something for such a long time. It just adds that other layer that can make it feel so like, oh, yeah, it's and you scary. Don't, you don't want to like, well, side note, but I, I've said this to you, but it needs to be documented. Uh, you and him were like, and Soraya. Yes. We're so good together. Yeah. That, like the three of you need a show together. Um, Listen, just I'm, it out there I'm ready to go. We're ready. We've got the studio. <laughs> we are set up here, ready to go. It was I, magic, you three. It was a lot of fun. I always felt like so great about like the timing of when I retired because you, you never want to be the last girl at the party. You want to go out on top. Yes. And so like that just, everything felt so perfect and like tied up in a bow. And I know his experience is different. To me, it was, I don't, I didn't want him or me with wow, anything to feel like you were like that person going back and hanging out with like a high school kids. And you're like, what's up? Young, <laughs> young kids. What's happening, fellow cool. kids? Cool. Yeah. Riding on a skateboard. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I just, I was hoping it wasn't that. And it, it seems to, to not be. Does so. it feel very much so? I mean, you guys both have 
very much like your own careers, your own things going. Not that that's necessarily done by design, but do you think about that? Because I feel like John and I are very much like we do our own separate things. We don't really collaborate on much together really ever. Yeah. Are you, you guys are the same? He'd probably love it if we could collaborate on stuff. I feel like I don't want to invite people into my marriage. Sure. So like I never post about it. Yeah. I never. And like, so everyone's always just like, why don't you, do you not like your husband? And yeah. it's like, well, you're not invited into this house. Sorry. <laughs> um, yeah. But he's the opposite. And yeah. so like, that is interesting. Um, and, I, and I appreciate that very much from him. In my book, I wrote like, you know, I said a little bit about the time we got together mm-hmm. and then I wrote, and the rest of our story is just for us. And I meant that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah. I So to me, working together is almost like cracking open a door and inviting people in. And- no, it's it's 100% true. And it's funny because I remember John and I were in like a little bit of a similar situation with that when we we did do like a tiny bit of a storyline in really? WWE when um, it was right after we got married. And it was a thing with Miz and Maurice where like Miz said something to me and I slapped him in the face. And But anyways, it was really a thing that John was pretty uncomfortable with because he didn't want the same thing. He's like, this is going to turn into one of those like gimmicky things where now all of a sudden we're like this wrestling couple and it's going to just be weird and it's going to become a very muddy gray area and someone's going to say something very personal on television and that's weird. So I I totally get it. But I remember at the time being like, oh, this seems kind of fun. Sure. Why not? But then when you really look at what the bigger scope of that is and what that really means for your relationship, for your personal life, and like really wanting to keep things private because it is just for you. Mm-hmm. And it can be, uh, yeah, it can, it can be a little bit hard to navigate that sometimes, I yeah. guess. Yeah. So anyways, I'll stop asking you questions about. Well. <laughs> <laughs> the same kind of goes for like social media in general, right? Sure. Like people want this like invitation into your home, into your bedroom, into what you're eating, into like what you're wearing yeah. every day. And I don't do that. And people are like, why? Don't you share Let me anything? In. Yeah, like what is wrong with you? You um, did, however, drop the photo of the abs the other day, and I'm still hung up on it. I literally, I had not seen you for like six, seven years, and I was like, "Can we talk about this photo?" I literally had like just spotted you in the crowd, and I was like, "We need to talk about the abs." Oh my god! What is what is your like workout regime? How do you maintain this physique oh without gosh. having to take any bumps? What is going on? I will preface it by saying the first year of the pandemic. I did not work out for a year. Good for you. Oh my God. Well, I wanted to learn how to write. And so uh-huh. I went back into my old books from NYU and I like went to the College of Amazon and ordered all these books. Hell yeah. And I entered writing competitions. And I just like was like, I'm not going to do anything but write. And I also learned how to bake. And so, <laughs> my being, girl. Yes. So being sedentary in literature. and eating sugar, I gained a lot of weight and I loved it. Like Phil, Phil loves it. Like, I just like- What is with dudes in that? I dudes don't understand. love that. When I was pregnant, John's like, come here. I'm like, okay. All right. <laughs> Calm down. But it was like <laughs> delicious and amazing. I loved it. And then I realized I had to come back to television. There's another project I have to, I'm doing on television that I can't talk about yet. Oh. So it was like kind of Ooh. the same time. <laughs> um, but it was two things at the same time. I was like, I should maybe get into shape. To me, diets never work. Really, really hard training programs never work because- being someone who lives with bipolar disorder, I'm really, really prone to addictive tendencies. So I can't go like 100% on anything. Yeah. I'll just swing the other way really hard. Mm-hmm. So I have to do everything really moderately and like kind to my body. I never want to be mean to it. If I want a donut, I'm going to eat the fucking donut. Hell yes. yes. But, so but what gets me into that shape in particular is high intensity interval training with weights. And then I'll just do like moderate carbs. 
knowing I have like a shoot or something, I'll like kick it up. That works. So it's being kind. Good to know. Yes. I I mean, not, listen, I've not had an ab in a (laughs) solid decade, Um, (laughs) but- You look amazing, by the way. Thank you. Thank you. I'm trying to like- Yeah, you grow a person and your body changes and it's great. (laughs) I actually do really love it. Like even like changes in my body, I'm like, yeah, you got to be kind to yourself. Yeah. It is what it is. I'm also 36. Everyone just (laughs) give a girl a break. Okay, so when you were writing your book, what went into putting your book together? And as someone who is very private, how was that for you putting all of that out there? Terrifying. The most terrifying thing I've ever done in my life, the hardest thing I've ever done in my life, they gave me like a word count, 100,000 words, go. I wrote a first draft. They were like, oh, that's cute. Um, Try again and try harder. Oh it was very much like God. I had to just do it right and properly, but get it out of my system the first draft. Yeah. So I had to kind of do 100,000 words twice. The no second, easy task. No easy task. A tall order. I definitely lost like five years off my life. How long does that take? Four months. Okay. Or six months, I think, with okay. both, both drafts. And I remember offering that to them. They were like, how long do you think it'll take you? I was like four months. And they were like, really? And I was like, I should have said a, a year. year. Give me a year. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, so we stayed at that timeline. But the good thing about that is it gave me the opportunity to realize I was kind of holding back. And to me, I don't like sharing stuff unless I think it can be useful to people. I also don't want to waste my platform, right? Like if people sure. are listening to what I'm saying, I need to say something worthwhile. And so that was sort of my move after wrestling was like, Twitter and all this stuff isn't character stuff. It's like, it's me and it represents my mission statement and my values and beliefs. So I kind of needed to put more of that into the book. I added a lot of the mental health journey, which I was not going to do the first round. I was very scared. I was going to like tiptoe around it. Yeah. I got real dirty with that, like as like ugly as I could get with it, like Mm -hmm. to show the truth and show that you can survive a lot. Everyone has a mental health journey. And then it coming out was the scariest thing in the world. I can only imagine like, as you are like at home writing this and passing off to editors and to the publishers and they're reading these things, but to like really dig deep like that, write it, cool, take a breather. Oh my God, other people are going to read this. Holy shit. What was that like? I mean, while also, yeah, keeping in mind, you deal with bipolar disorder, like having that being an ongoing thing, while having this monumental moment happening, how did those battle each other? It was terrifying because you get, um, you know, you you have this beautiful book, by the way. Thank you. Um, I mean, it just does not get nearly as nitty and gritty as yours does. <laughs> uh, mine's just about the cooking side. But it's very, <laughs> but very well you. done. Thank you. But you know, they show you a draft. And so I saw the draft and I was like, oh, it's real. Like these are words. They're like, like put on the page and they show you how, exactly how it's going to be laid out. Yeah. And that like kind of sent me into this like, super panic. Where I was like, okay, it's out. now it's just out of your control. But what's really cool about that is like the second you give it to the world, it's not your burden to carry anymore. Sure. So it felt like therapy. It felt like a, I was scared of people judging me and like how would work look like in the future? People know like I'm bipolar. I live with bipolar. Just stuff like that was terrifying, but everything else outweighed that so much when it actually came out where people were coming up to me and telling me their story. People I knew in my life for so long were texting me and they were saying they also struggled with depression. Yeah. Or they knew people who were bipolar. I knew them for years and we never had this conversation. Yeah. Um, so it was cool to be like that safe place for people. And it was so worth it. And then the book did really well. We were a New York Times bestseller. Oh my God. What was your reaction finding out that you were a New York Times bestseller? That's crazy. Also, what goes into even becoming a New York Times bestseller? I have no idea because I am not one. It is. <laughs> 
You will. But I'm an Amazon bestseller. That is also awesome. I'll take it. It's great. But New York Times bestseller, that's huge. It is. Um, it was a goal since I was a child. Like since I was very young, I had a joke that like all these terrible things were happening because I was going to write a book about it one day. Like it was all just fodder for the tell-all. Oh, I love this. Yeah. And then it just became like a life goal. Like I always had this list. And, and I talk about it a little bit in the book too, where it was like, uh, I wanted to be a wrestler. I wanted to have an action figure. I wanted to be in a video game. I wanted to write a book. I wanted to be a New York Times bestseller. And I have like a new list and like I'm starting to check stuff Ooh. off, which is really cool. Um, but so it was like this thing that I felt was always meant for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes I say things to people who are like, oh, you're very confident. No, it's like, that. they're very uncomfortable with women being confident. No, I love it. <laughs> it's like, I just knew it. Like I just yeah. felt it was meant for me. Yeah. Um, but it also felt like surreal. I wasn't in the moment as it was happening. I think I was like in an Apple store. My team called me and they like left the screaming message. <laughs> and I, I was like trying to like get someone's attention. New York Times bestseller. Like, and I just had to like freak out like and scream in front of a Sephora. That's all I remember. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I was like, well, now I can what did you? How did you celebrate? What is the celebration for this? Because I mean, it's just my, my, my brain is, I can't imagine what that's like getting that call. It's amazing. <laughs> I think I like just like, maybe texted everyone I've ever known in my entire life and like ate pizza. Like it was very much perfect. Every celebration is like food related for me. Me too. It was one of those moments where you're like, now what is the new goal? Now what? (laughs) So what are some of the things that are on this new list? Very much put into the universe that I wanted to get into my other love, uh, which was writing for film and TV Mm -hmm. and comics. And I got to write Dungeons and Dragons and Glow and Wonder Woman. Yep. And then the next stage for me was television writing. So I entered a writing competition and like won. And that was really cool because like, it wasn't like a TV character. I wasn't like, they didn't know me. I was just like a writer. Like they had no idea that I, I remember doing like a Zoom with them. And I was like, they were like, what's that action figure behind you? And I was like, that's me. (laughs) What is it? Like, it's like a weird anecdote now to a lot of people in my, my new job, my new world. So I really wanted to write for TV. Film seemed really, really out of reach, but that was a goal. And somehow through meetings and getting a team together, I was able to, um, my writing partner and myself were able to pitch for this movie for Universal. It's going to be on Netflix. And we just went balls to the wall because we figured there's no way we're going to get this. Yeah. We just have writing samples like and comic books. We don't have any experience yet. And we got the job. And so I leapfrogged from what I thought I was going to start in television. And I went right to the thing that scared me the most, which was feature films. Yeah. I was so terrified. I was so terrified of that. I wasn't even going to touch it. Just to be able to like say I, I wrote a movie and it's like coming out on Netflix next year is blows my mind. I feel like I manifested that. Truly like there's, there, <laughs> like that's a real thing. 100% putting that shit out to the universe and obviously doing the work and being good at what you do, like those things all go hand in hand, but like putting in the work and putting it out there and just jumping into the deep end with shit. That opportunity comes up. What are you going to do? Like, of course you're going to make that shit happen and throw it all against the wall. It's amazing. Oh my gosh. It's, it's, ter- it's terrifying. And when I, does the movie come out? The movie comes out in October next year. And it's, I have it written down. <laughs> you want me to see nope, nope. Blade of the 47 Ronin. Yes. I knew I was like, it's in here, but I'm going to have to scroll to find it. Blade of the 47 Ronin. What is this movie? So this movie is, it was supposed to be, or there was an idea for it to be one thing. It is, it is a sequel to the Keanu Reeves movie, 47 Ronin. 
And is there a Keanu Reeves cameo for the love of God? Please tell me. There's this. a mention. If there if there was, I would have like flown myself to Budapest where we were filming. What, like, what a dream boat. Also think what there's like a resurgence of a Keanu <laughs> career. Like yes. shout out to Keanu. And some of us were there before everybody else. Okay. <laughs> some of us were like Matrix Keanu. <laughs> I'm going um, back to like Bill and Ted. Oh, you, you're an OG. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it's supposed to be this sort of like male-driven action movie. And our pitch was, fuck that noise. What if it's all women Hell and yeah. diverse women? It, it can only be happened when you're naive and you don't know any better just to throw something at the wall that way. And because it was so opposite of what they were thinking that they were going to do, that's why they liked it. Thanks so much for hanging out with us, guys. Uh, Hopefully you enjoyed the week, enjoyed the best of the sessions. You guys can hear the full-length interviews um, anywhere that you listen to podcasts. Just uh, download them, give them a listen, give them a like, a review. And if you want to see what you're hearing, head on over to my YouTube page. Just search Renee Paquette. It's all up there, and you can see us talking Having this interview, having a hangout, it's all up on there. Um, And that's been like a really great, cool, growing community. So uh, I'm really enjoying the hangouts on the YouTube as well. So we can see you guys over there. And jump in the comment section, you know. Jump in, chime in, leave a comment. Uh, We like filtering through them all, reading about them. Maybe even like, I don't know, some constructive criticism if you had it. We're all ears. God, did I open up a can of worms by saying that? I don't know. Be nice. Be cool in there. This has been The Sessions.